Hi everyone, my name is Nelson. I'm Tain. And we're from Art Activism PNG. And this is the Shop 23 podcast by creatives for creatives. is the Shock 23 podcast. This is the podcast by creatives for creatives where I talk with other people in the creative and the media space where we share our knowledge and our experience. My guests for today are from Art Activism, which is becoming a big movement in the creative space. And I'm joined by my guests, Nelson and Tane. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having thank us. You, thank you. No, thank you for making the time <laughs> to be here. Um, I'm very looking forward to having the discussion that we're going to be having. And you guys have been doing a lot of work, especially this year, and it's, um, it's, I feel like, responsible that to give you guys the platform to talk about what you guys have been doing. But before that, here is a word from our sponsors. The Shock 23 podcast is proudly sponsored by Smart Hills Corporate Solutions. Smart Hills Corporate Solutions provide IT solutions for corporate businesses and creatives like myself. They provide a wide range of products and services and are certified resellers of software such as Microsoft Office, Adobe Creative Cloud, Wondershare, and more. To find out more, please visit their website on www.smartheels.com.pg. Now back to the show. And we're back. So please tell me more about yourselves. Well, so I'll start off. So obviously, my name is Nelson. I am 26 years of age. Um, I just graduated from the University of PNG um, with a degree in science. Um, right now, I am. I call myself a full-time artist. <laughs> um, I'm doing different gigs, um, production-wise, MC-wise, and I'm just dabbling in a little, um, a lot of different things in the creative space. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Oh, my name is Tane, so I'm a third-year law student. Well, next year I'll be my, in my final year. I'm not a creative per se. I joined, like, I've always been passionate about art and all that sort of stuff, but I really sort of took it seriously last year when I was doing backstage work for a couple of the shows, and that's when I really found my passion for the artistic um, the industry and it start, like gauged me to sort of see and look at different ways of how I could contribute as to making it a you know like a sustainable sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are more active in the theater space. Yes, more active in the theater space. Um, well, for as Tane mentioned, uh, he did a lot of theater work with um, the Mosby Arts Theater. I'd say I'm more. A more performance, mm -hmm. performance art, um, more theater, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the, yeah. the right, the yeah. correct term. Yeah. It's performing yeah. arts. Performing arts, yeah. <laughs> My digital artist brain is not functioning <laughs> today. Anyway, you guys have started art activism, which has, I think it's become a really big movement, I think since last year. Yes. It started last year. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, so art activism PNG started with just a conversation with myself, Tane, and two of our other co-founders, Courtney Ella and Dan Phil at the University of PNG. Um, I had just come back from a trip to Sydney and I sat with them and I said, guys, um, why don't we pull together a bunch of young people, go to the Mosby Arts Theater and just put on a show? And what if we get this artist to address different social and political issues through all of these different types of art? 
And that was, that was just the beginning of that conversation. And we just sat there, we started planning. And we were, we were just, we we're starting to overthink <laughs> a lot of different things, in terms, like logistics-wise and everything. But I said, guys, let's just, let's just go for it. And I think on the 9th of May, we hosted our first show at um, the Mosby Arts Theatre. And it just, we were, we were just shocked with just the amount of people that we were able to bring to the theatre to watch our first show. And that's when we realized, oh, wow, this is, this is something that's going to be really big if we just keep putting the time and effort into it. So yeah, it, it started off with just a conversation with myself and the three other co-founders. And now it's grown into you know, a really big movement in Port Moresby. And it's starting to get a lot of attraction, not just in Papua New Guinea, but outside as well. And yeah, just, I'm just very just humbled and blessed, yeah. Do you want to add yeah. on? To oh, um, yeah, so like Nelson said, it was just a conversation at, you know, at the, in the beginning. Um, I'm like from, I all like through primary school, high school, I was, I did sports, so I had no idea what, um, you know, what, where I could sort of uh, contribute to his, um, you know, to his vision, but you know, he's a maid, and then obviously I was fresh off doing Bottoms Up, which was one of the Musicals we did, so I was super pumped after that. So I, I just rode on that um, adrenaline, and it was good. Yeah, we it it gave us a chance to see with our different skill sets how we could contribute. So that was a big eye opener because we could we started to identify that you don't have to be really immersed or Im- immersed in the art space to contribute so that that was for me that was just what I battled with but it was good that you know we all just we just did it we didn't yeah we didn't um think about it too much and I'm glad to see where it is now and we're just hoping to keep building from there yeah so when did this when did you guys start to have this kind of conversations was it this year or last year it was last year last year um Let's say April, April, yeah, May. Yeah. Oh, because you guys have already been yeah. a year. Yeah, just yeah. when, just when the year academic year for uni started, started. that was when we, we yeah. started. Yeah, so it was, it was just I just it was an idea, and I just threw it on the table, and it was um, I, I I was fortunate to go through this program called the Lead Next program with the Asia Foundation, and I was able to meet this amazing woman. Um, she is a social activist in Mongolia. Her name is Sosaya Batkuhag. And she spoke a lot about art activism and how to use art as a tool for social change. And so I was, I was talking to them about it. And I was like, guys, why don't we just do something like that? And that was a conversation. And that, that, that's how the conversation started. And fast forward a year and six months. Later. So all you founders, did you all go to the same uni? Or did you all? Yes. Yeah. You guys yeah. met? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're all law students. I'm the only side. <laughs> yeah. So it, it kind of yeah. makes sense that you guys yeah. are addressing social change because, I mean, the law is like an everyday thing that mm. we encounter. And then, you know, combining it with the art form that is art that is very, I think that's something that um, attracts a lot of attention but also speaks to us in an emotional level. Mm. That's the power of, I think, the power yeah. of art. It's always been an emotional experience than it, it is. emotion. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's, it's supposed to trigger emotions, mm-hmm. not yeah. just sound beautiful to the ears mm-hmm. or pleasing to the eyes. It has to inflict some kind of change, uh, some kind of emotion inside of you in order for it to be effective. At yeah. least that's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's so gracious with their opinions. Yeah. So let me just throw <laughs> mine in there. But 
Yeah, yeah, art activism. You guys said you guys did your first show. Was that May of this year? It was May of La- last year. Last year yeah. as well. Yeah. So May, May of 2022, we hosted our first art activism night project. And that's become our signature, yeah. signature annual program. Yeah, project. Annual okay, project, yeah. yeah. So the art activism night project is just basically a night of activism where we bring all of our artists together and um, they address all of these different social political issues through their specialized art. So whether it be painting, singing, dancing, poetry. <coughs> mm. yeah. So you mentioned like that lady that you spoke with, the social activist. Mm. Um, how did she explain the importance that art plays in the role of activism and pushing social change? Like you said um, about how art has the incredible ability to evoke emotion. And I, when she was speaking about it in one of our Zoom classes, um, I, thought about, I thought about how we have one of the lowest literacy rates ever, <laughs> I mean, in our country. And so just, just think about all the, different, uh, all, all the different languages that we have in Papua New Guinea. And you think about all of these people going through different provinces, different districts, and trying to raise awareness on all these different types of social and political issues. And then you think about how many people are going to sit there and digest all of these different types of emotion, um, information. Um, and so that, was, that, was, that, that kind of had me thinking, why, why, why don't we use singing or dancing to address or to raise awareness on all these different types of issues? That will be more digestible by these different um, people from all these different, uh, all these different provinces and districts. And coming back to your question, um, it was just how, how she spoke about how um, art was able to evoke emotion, and that, that, that made me think a lot about it. And that was one of the reasons why um, I pulled this team together, and I said, guys, think about it. Just think about it, and if you guys are up for it, let's do it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because, especially about the literacy rate, I think, I don't know where I heard this. I think it was on um, like somebody's live TikTok or on something, somebody on, on Facebook made um, a comment about book drives, about how they collect all the books and they're trying to like push them and like give the, those books to like uh, communities in the schools in the rural areas. And we know the importance, and we understand the importance of literary, uh, literacy and reading, but the problem is that some people in the rural areas, they don't even know how to read, so what All value right. of yeah. this, yeah, like what value of those, of the books that, like you can have all these book drives, but what's the point when the people who need them, they can't read? So it's, it's interesting that you've come up with this idea that instead of, you know, I think it's just filling and bridging the gap yeah. and helping people to understand um, better these social issues that are... I mean, I think awareness is a good thing. I think it's the first step to really bringing change that a lot of us uh, have to admit the problem before we start addressing it and changing. What are some of the social issues that you guys uh, have been tackling? Um, I think one of our artists did like a really good piece on systemic corruption um there was there's a lot on uh domestic violence that's one that uh, mental health these are the really big issues that people are coming out with and you know uh, expressing through their art there are also like the small ones that we don't really see but they're there you know so it's good that we're getting a range of issues it's not just the you know you can throw up a banner and say oh mental health and then you know uh 
domestic violence, but there are other issues as well, like the smaller ones that they come out with. And it's really, for us, we're just glad that, you know, that that's, they've chosen that avenue to sort of express their, their feelings and how they, you know, their views on that, that particular issue. And one of the great things I think about art, like you said, it's, it brings out a lot of emotion, but I think one, one thing that it really does is it gauges your critical thinking. If yeah. you, like, that is so important for, that's a skill we all should have, and that's a skill I think I've really, you know, excelled in through, you know, trying to understand what artists are trying to do with this particular, you know, piece, and that, that critical thinking element is really important because you, you, under, you essentially understand it better when you can think critically, and that's when you appreciate the art more rather than just bagging it all, oh, you know, why, why did you do this, why did you do that? But if you can sit down and think about it and really appreciate where the artist is coming from, it, I think it makes a difference as to how people uh, respond to the, to the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is part of our mission as well as a, as a movement is to promote critical thinking and coming back to all these different issues that we've been able to address with all of our artists, I think my favorite piece would have to be um, Nabil Lansana's piece on sorcery accusation-related mm -hmm. violence and how he was mm -hmm. able to really just break down that, that issue and just express it through his poetry and um, how I was able to just continue having that conversation around that issue with not just my peers in PNG, but with my friends in different parts of the world and how I was able to hear from them um, especially one of my, my friends in San Francisco, how she said, you know, the last time she heard about, you know, something related to sorcery or witchcraft mm -hmm. was the 1800s during the witch trials. And she was just amazed that that's still happening in Papua New Guinea. And so uh, just, you know, being able to just sit there and digest the performance, the piece, and just trying to critically analyze the piece um, I think that's very important with the work mm. that we're doing here. That's very interesting. Like you bring up points like that, and, and especially like the point on critical thinking, because I think empowerment is helping someone to think for themselves. Mm. I think I'm because um, we we like to talk about beliefs a lot in here and how it triggers like your beliefs trigger your actions, and then you act according to how you believe yeah. or how you think, and. I think, especially in social media, it's, it's the days where everybody's just so generous with their opinions. Like, everybody just wants to put in their little tutoya here and there. And it's, it's good to have, like, open discussions yeah. and conversations. But the fact that it's not you just merely going out there and just doing a piece, talking about a particular topic, but helping people just to have that, to think about the issues mm. about themselves, it, it's very interesting. And if we're having, for me personally, like, when I hear things like that, I get very hopeful about the future of PNG because we need more. We all hear like people say like our attitude and our mindset is the problem, but I don't hear a lot of people addressing it. That if in order for us to change our mindset, we're going to have to face and have a lot of difficult mm. conversations. conversations. And especially, I think I, I can't remember where I read, but it says that in order for you to change a belief, you have to introduce doubt. You have to make the person like question there has to be a mm. questioning mm. of the existing belief before and i think that um th i think there's a difference between open-mindedness and like just believing whatever yeah. you have it so for me personally i think open-mindedness is actually th 
having it's not believing it straight away like you think about it you mm. weigh the pros and the cons and then you ex you either choose to accept it as truth or you accept it as as the right thing or you don't you reject it it's entirely up to you and if we can have and encourage more of that kind just for people to have the freedom to think mm. and to open up then i think you know we there's going to be some good change in the in the future yeah i mean at the end of the day our main goal is to start conversations whether it be positive or negative um uh, with that is our goal whether it whether someone's having you know all this negative um emotions or whether someone's saying something negative about our piece we're still they're still talking about it so that's just yeah. our main goal and we were able, we were able, we were able to um spark a whole debate competition with one of our pieces so that was a win for us so yeah just having the conversation cuz i believe that the first step to real change is through a conversation and that's what i did with mm. this guys and that's where we are now so yeah it's yeah. it's it's good it's it's very healthy to have um good debates not just screaming matches yeah. here and there <laughs> but like really presenting your evidence and then you know supporting and it's not um shouting blindly um art is a very big big class yep. what does and i think when people say art they mainly think about like visual art painting yeah, and like artists but what are the different kinds of art forms and the different kind of artists that you work with in art activism uh so at the moment we've we've broken down yeah. our team to different categories and different teams so we have the painters who are the palette navigators we have the dancers or the dance activists we have singers we have um writers poets yep. who do poetry spoken word, spoken word poetry slam poetry um what else do we, we have shutter um, activists yeah so the photographers yeah. and then we're trying to get people like that i think sculptors Artists. people that do mm-hmm. yeah so and just appeal to, appeal to different forms of art yeah. like what what i've realized is there are things that wouldn't have been considered art way before that are now so relevant like their art form so basically like if if you've got something you're doing and you don't think it's art it's not art yet when people start doing it then it becomes a so that's why it's so important for like like you with the podcast yeah. you know there's so many podcasts now like that are popping up and it's so good because that's a that, that's a form you know a couple of years ago we were like oh is that a form of you know communication all that but now it's so prevalent and it's actually easier to communicate on a mm. podcast now you know we're realizing and it it just goes straight into mainstream when you're doing it you are recording things like this yeah, yeah. i mean yeah thank you so much first yeah. of all <laughs> it's 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 good that we're adopting like new solutions mm. and new ways of I think um communicating and in, like just talking about and just sharing our ideas <coughs> and um it's good to know that like that art has many art forms and then you're introducing yeah. and working with a lot of artists but you're like for Tane you you're someone who does not come yeah, from an artistic exactly. background but yeah. you're providing support what are some of the like, the ways for people who don't feel like they're creative or artistic but they still want to show support how can they what what roles are there available for them mm, i think it's just um so for me because i didn't really understand it at the start and you know you you have that mindset like oh, it's, it's not for me yeah, I, I, i didn't grow there i didn't grow up in that sort of background so i won't do it but as i like cuz i come from sport I, like a big thing in sport i've realized is culture like how not just you know your traditional culture but how an industry like 
the sort of people that are there, the attitudes. Then it's just navigating through that, understanding, because going into the space, I'm like, wow, there are so many. There's a lot of big thinkers, different ideas, and it's understanding and appreciating that that's their form. It may not be something that you resonate with, but it's something they resonated, resonate with, and you have to respect that. And then just offering that um, the alternative perspective from the outside looking in. I think if you're on the inside a lot, you see it one way. So I, like for art activism, I, I have seen myself as someone that's just going to come in and bring like a, a differing opinion, just, oh, maybe we do it this way, because there may be people like me that may not understand it if you do it that way. And it's also not trying to um, not take away from the artist, because that's it's their piece, they, they make it, and we want to appreciate it. So for me, yeah, it's, it's more using like the skill set I have from other things to come in. So like, I do a lot of different things in the leadership space and trying to like I'm bringing change, stuff like that. So that was my angle. So the, the activism side of it, that was where I was coming from. So like I, I read a lot about how different you know, artists do or how it can actually be effective. So the effectiveness of art. And if you look at like if you, when we were doing it, you know, we were having a lot of comments like, oh, it's, it's not real change. Like you're not actually going to change things. And then it's when you use them like, it's unfair to use like a measuring stick like you have a look at what it's like outside and you try compare because it's, it's very different. The industry isn't the same outside as it is here. So for people like we just say like, oh, just be patient. Like it will get there, but it has to start somewhere. Like it can't, like um, I saw your episode with Dan and, you know, about the comic. Mm -hmm. Like no one would have ever done a, or we wouldn't, we wouldn't have known the standard of comics before he did that. But now he's done it, we can see, we have a measuring stick as to, okay, yeah, like a, a starting point. So that was for us. Like, and there, like, no, there are a lot of artists that use activism, uh, yeah, that are trying to bring change. Yeah. There are heaps, even before we started art activism. And that's for us, we're trying to provide this space for them. So that, that's... Um, that was the vision behind it. But yeah, just if you're on the outside and you're really um, you know, looking for a way to come in, the best way, honestly, to understand how you can contribute is to get in it first. Yeah. If you think about it a lot, you won't. Yeah. So that would be my advice. Like, I can't fully explain how because before I got in, I had no idea what I would contribute to the space. Yeah, and um, I'd <laughs> like to think of art activism as an intersection um, of three of my passions, storytelling, art, and youth empowerment. And so a lot of young people have been reaching out to our Instagram page and asking, hey, um, I don't sing, I don't dance, but how can I help out? And there are so many ways that they can help out. You know, there's, we have a backstage crew. Um, they're, the, you know, they're basically the engine. We call ourselves the engine room, but they are the engine room. They're the reason why you know, we, uh, our shows are a success. So there's so many different ways that, you know, young people can join the movement, you know, whether, whether it be backstage or, you know, standing at a stall and selling hot dogs and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great that it sounds like it's just something for everyone and everybody has a place. Even if you're not in the forefront, a creative, mm -hmm. there's still room for you to help support or even like being the audience 
because you sound like you're you're the person that kind of reminds the creatives that we're the audience and this is how we're going to perceive. Yeah. So you kind of provide yeah. that voice and that that sound, um, that reasoning. Uh, so the artists and the creatives can tailor to better and effectively <laughs> communicate, which is basically the industry as a whole. Like yeah. when we're communicating with clients as well, it's like most clients don't understand the creative process or what creatives go through. And our job is to break it down for them to understand and to explain the results and how we can help them with their brand, with their business, whatever it is that they, they're hiring us to do. But it, it's great and it sounds just exciting to, to learn about all of these things. You talked about culture, about, um, like you said, culture. Mm. And I, I recently... Like just a couple of years ago, have also understood the other meaning of culture because yeah. I'm so used to the traditional, traditional exactly. definition <laughs> of culture. But then there's work culture yeah. and yep. family exactly. culture and society. That is it. And that's, I mean, it it was like it's really like it was a really big opening. It's like, oh, okay, that can be defined as culture yeah. because we can sit and we, we take pride in our cultural heritage and then we see like Westerners and we're like, oh, they don't have culture, but then they have their yep. they yeah. define culture yeah. in a different sense as well and it's it's just interesting to be exposed to those kind of these ideas that i think have all always existed but we're just putting names and labels yeah. to them i also like the fact that you also acknowledge that you're not like the first to do it yeah. but you're you're like this podcast as well like i owe this because godfrey started his anxious coconut mm. podcast and then newnet started theirs and then mk from nogam lesman they started and i had the confidence to start this one because they've already done it yeah. as well so like it's just everybody's just i think we're kind of adding blocks and a brick yeah. and helping build upon and it's good to give credit to the people who have gone yeah. before 100%. us and who have paved the way who've made it a little bit easier for us to establish ourselves and then I think that's why it really gives me a lot of purpose in when I do things like this is that you know when I'm gone at least my legacy is that I have I have mm. I leave something for the next generation at least it's a one step easier for them to do whatever they aspire to do at least we've come before mm -hmm. and we've we've done this I also like that um like just the idea that helping to create and to to help because I mean not create what I'm trying to say is that you being in the you being in the art space, you understanding what creatives go through and what they do the entire process. And that's, my, that's been my hope for this podcast is to just take a peek behind the curtain. It's like we put out all this work, but it's good for you to take a look behind and see, the, especially the thinking process for creatives. That's an entirely extra, uh, like exhausting process of its own of how creatives put ideas together and how they pick and you know why they choose the kind of colors or the themes or whatever it is they do. It's it's an entirely big, deep, sometimes exhausting process yeah, like being a creative, but exhausting. it's good. And like you guys talk about the feedback and you know it's a slow. It's gonna be a slow. Like I think at first it's always a grind. That's why yeah. they call it a grind. But as we progress, it's just a lot of perseverance and uh, determination. Yeah. How have you guys dealt with the criticism? It's been all right like you don't you'd comes be, with the territory yeah, you'd yeah. be naive to go in and with something you know that's sort of sort of new and you know, you're, you're always gonna get that feedback like oh what is this how are you actually doing and that's it's good for us because like i was saying earlier we gauge the mindset of where we are and it actually helps us in essence we're like okay this is this is the gap this is like when you look at your worst comment you're like that's 
that's that's it. That's the groundwork. I mean, that's where we have to start from. We have to, edu- and it's all just like education, basically. Like, if you know about the industry, you're less inclined to, you know, just comment blindly. And but it, it like for us, I think we're we're lucky because we're in that age where we've grown up with some sort of digital um, understanding, digital literacy. So it's easier for us to, um, like we. When like like you were talking about with some of your videos, like we can have a look at the video, we know that we've got to go to the caption and understand that that's the context, rather than just go straight on face value and be like, oh no, that's that's not right. So yeah, for for I think for the team, it's been, you know, it like for the creatives, we have to find a way to protect them. Obviously, you can't. You know, everyone has their, they'll have their say. You just have to. It's really for the well-being. I think that's where we really have to pick up now and just find a way to manage because we'll never stop it you'll never eradicate it but just find a way to um just make it less impacting on the artists who not many people realize are bringing are taking themselves into a really vulnerable position to put it out there and that that's the sort of stuff that will hurt the industry if if they take it to heart Mm. and it's just yeah so that that's one thing I think we've been discussing, yeah. just how to counsel and just make sure that you know they they don't take it personally. Because yeah. yeah, I mean, for me as the director and as someone who's been creatively, I mean, who's been um, stepping in to um, to uh, direct all the different shows that we've done. Of course, I would take it personally when someone <laughs> criticizes my work. And so the first few months of of getting all these different criticisms and all these different comments. Um, I was really hard on myself, but you know, having people like Tane and um, others who, like he mentioned, did did not come from an art background, and they've just been very level-headed, and they've they've just been able to keep me grounded and remind me that you know we're still we're still allowing them to have that that thought. Um, they're still talking about it, so we are doing something right, and so that that. That's that's always in the back of my mind whenever I see someone comment something on our posts or whenever um, one of our artists' posts goes viral and people start commenting. Um, I just keep that at the back of my mind. And it's been really good for us with monitoring and evaluation as well. It's like, oh, how can we improve? Um, how can we do it different and all that kind of stuff, yeah. On that note, on criticism and like, I, I, I really think like for me as a podcaster, like it comes with the territory. I'm when I started, like what what scared me was what people would think and what the you know that that comment and that post about. But I quickly had to just re like just change my identity. It's like no no no, I'm a I'm a podcaster. I'm a content creator. I'm going to put myself out there, especially with someone I'm not used to being like attention at all. I never used to be someone who liked it. I'm tolerating it now because I have a podcast. But I'm realizing, I'm quickly realizing that feedback is important. Like whether it is positive or negative, it helps you. And being someone who filters criticism, like I'm open to criticism. I'm someone who's been taught at a very young age that to filter your critics. And I'm also realizing that people have the right to their opinion and how they say it. But I'm also realizing that I have the right to take it or not take it as well. Like, I'm not responsible for what people say or how they say it, but I'm responsible for how I take it. That's up to me, like how I interpret it, how I use it, whether for positive or to help me to grow or to hinder me, that's always up to me. And it's good to, I mean, 
everybody's going to be criticized, especially if you're an artist and a creative, you're going to put your work out there. It's, it's going to be criticized. And if, you, if you're someone who doesn't have a thick skin or you need to develop that thick skin, then you're honestly not going to survive in this yeah. industry because you constantly... And it's, I like how you said um, that artists put their heart and soul because it is like we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Like for me personally, like I have to restrain myself when I'm doing client work and I have to put like, I separate my different projects, like passion projects, uh, just for me to go crazy however, whenever. But when it comes to like um, client projects, I have to remove all that emotional attachment I have to it because it's their project that they're paying me mm -hmm. to do. So I can bring my talent, my skills, but at the end of the day, it's how they want it and their vision. So it's always, it, so now I think I've developed enough thick skin to just brush it aside, but at the start, like when revisions came and, I, you know, I, I used to be like, they don't know what they're talking about, like, I, you know, but I just had to learn to, to let it go, especially when they approve an idea that it just doesn't work for me, like, it's, it's always off-putting in a bit, but I'm like, no, 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 it's, this is a business transaction. And it's like, just to any creative out there, this is part of the job. We're going to be people who um who are going to be in the midst of criticism and all of that. And we have to learn how to take it. And it's always important to know that people can throw, but how you receive and what you do out of it is always within your power. You can always ignore and move on, you know, as long as it helps you. Uh, especially this podcast, like, sorry, I'm really going into this mm. podcast. One of the things that I've learned is some people have really, really good criticism. They just don't know how to say it. Mm. Like, they're just like, quick to just like parapa, like boom, boom, boom. And they don't understand how it will affect the person receiving it. Some people are not used to harsh words thrown at them. But if you can, you know, just try to remove and try to listen to what they're actually saying, you can actually adjust or you can ignore. It's really up to you. But anything that benefits your growth is important. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a really great message from you for all of our artists. Um, majority of our artists are below the age of 26 between the our youngest is 15 years old and most of them you know when when we do a show they're either doing it for the first time or it's pro it's either their their second or their third show and so they're still getting used to it and so when their work is recorded and posted online and you get all of these different criticisms they they come back to us and they ask us oh did i do well did i not do well so what you're saying now is actually a really good message for our artists and um, I think Tain has done a very wonderful job trying to come up with different toolkits for our artists. And I think one of them should be, you know, building digital resilience, um, especially in this time and age where everything is posted on social media. <laughs> well, he's a yeah. lawyer, so, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. that world, that culture yeah. is, you know, it's, 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 um, it's brutal. And, you know, they have to argue for a living. So I think it's, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's part of the job. But, I mean, especially, like, if they're young, that young, I think they're at the age where they're figuring themselves out yeah. and it's really easy for you, especially when you're that young, I think you get a lot of your validation externally instead of internally, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're just trying to figure out and they're just trying to get approval from their peers and the external. So it's important to separate, like not let that affect your identity. You have to be sure of who you are. And that's okay if you haven't figured that out, I think. So I think everybody's figuring themselves. Like, I grew up in the place where people told me that you had to figure yourself out by the time you were 30. And by the time I turned 30, I was so lost. And I'm still figuring myself out. And I'm like, I think it's, that's the joy of life. 
I used to think of it as something that was bad, but I'm like, no, it's the adventure of life. I mean, if life was a video game, I'm just on another side mission, you know, trying to play, you know, trying to see what kind of quest and what kind of adventure is out there. But I mean, criticism is part of the job and part of the um, culture. We talked about culture yeah. earlier and just how interesting and how different like culture is. And like on that note, I think that's the beauty of like activism and creating awareness is that it exposes problems that have already existed that we don't even mm. know. Like, mm. like I'm hearing a lot of talk about like, especially in the mental health space. Mm. Like I'm hearing a lot about trauma yeah. and mental health and like depression and what depression really is. And then I'm starting to see like um, I really I, I did a project for. Um, um, one of these um, UN departments, and they were doing um, like mental health awareness, and then they were trying to target people who were like victims of tribal fights, and they're just trying to educate them. And the thing is that it's normalized for them, like for them to live in fear or to that aggression and all of that, because they grow up, they think yeah. of that as normal. And what these these particular people are trying to do is trying to introduce and tell them this is not normal. And they hired me to do like a couple of illustrated posters and all of that. Mm. But the point is like, for me it was learning and experience like, wow, like I live in the city, I'm exposed to like different kind of information I'm learning and I'm exposing. But there are people who think these kind of things that happen to a day-to-day -day are normal and they should accept it. And it was, it was a, like, it was incredible, like, because they were trying to target, like, this is the signs of depression and this is the signs that you're depressed or you're anxious or you are, you are actually traumatized by what you're going through. And it's imp it was just eye-opening to know that this kind of problems have always existed and that's been kind of, and people have been swapped under the rug and say, and, mm. you know, it's part of our culture, it's a part of our way of our life. And now, like for me, like learning about it and trying to see, like seeing it and trying to understand it, it's, it's been, I mean, it's good that you guys have this platform to do something about it, even if it's just opening people's eyes to say, hey, this is actually happening. what's it's happening. Real. Yeah. Um, we've realized after our first show that probably 80% of our artists wanted to address mental health. And that's when I, that's when, that's when, I realized that okay, we need to do more, more um, pieces on mental health, and just allow these young people to let it out on stage, um, because I, I I believe that the first step to healing is just talking about it and letting it out. Um, but then the danger of it is, there we're not professionals, right? We 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 don't know how to handle it if someone gets triggered on stage or someone in the audience gets triggered, so. It's just been, um, it's, it's kind of like a battle like um, with trying to address mental health in all of our different shows, but we're, we're glad that we're able to, we've been able to start a lot of conversations around mental health, especially men's mental health. Um, a lot of our um, male artists yeah, um, were brave the, to yeah, uh -huh. like, speak about their experiences and address mental health through their different pieces. So. Um, that's another thing that Tane and the rest of the engine room team has been working on. It's just trying to come up with a toolkit for our artists who can handle their emotions and um, for us as well as the leaders of the group to, um, to be well prepared to handle these different types of situations when it arises during the shows. You guys are just learning as you go. Yeah, we it's, are. <laughs> it sounds like, it, honestly, it sounds very hectic, like just hearing yeah. it, especially, I think, like men are drawn more towards mental health because 
we are not emotional, like, we're not, we don't make decisions based on emotions mm. a lot. We are very logical, um, like, creatures. So if it doesn't, so, like, women are very good at processing and showing and mm. expressing their emotions. We have kind of, like, especially PNG men, we've grown in a society where we've had to, like, you know, you have to suppress a lot of emotions, like, you have to be the man. And it's often, like just um, trying to find ways, like it's good that you're providing an avenue to release, mm. to release those kind of emotions and to, to, uh, to a place to express your thoughts and to say things out loud. Like for me, I discovered journaling, which has been very, mm. very helpful to me. And especially when a time where I was just very, very low, I was like at a point where I was really de severely depressed and um, generally helped me to like put my thoughts on paper and help me to understand what I was feeling, but what I was thinking. Not only that, but where do these things come from and where am I learning these things? Especially like I'm, especially in terms of mental health, I'm drawn towards self-improvement because understand, like understanding myself and how I think and how I talk, because I used to be someone who had very low self-esteem and very poor self-image. And I had to do a lot of digging. And that's basically through writing and through reading to find out where those voices came from. Because you don't just talk negatively of, of yourself. You learn it from somewhere. You don't that's, just, yeah, yeah, you don't treat yourself badly. or yep. You learn how you treat yourself from someone. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that it's usually from a parent or from mm -hmm. your parents or how you were raised. It's always in childhood. And the thing is that these are very westernized ideas and philosophies, and sometimes it does not agree with our culture. It's not agree, I think it's just new. It doesn't marry up. Yeah, and people kind of, I, I've found that when you kind of have these kind of conversations, people kind of look at you a bit weird because it's, it's just foreign. And for me as well, like I've heard it, it's like, it doesn't make sense, yep, but I'm yep. reading the books and then listening to like other people really break it down. And especially for me, like in my journey, I'm like, oh wait, this makes a lot of sense because I'm experiencing it and then learning how to undo all of that. It's, 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 it's very fascinating. And then for you guys to take that and put it into art form, I think it's just going to create like so many good, so many good pieces. Yeah. I'm talking as if I've attended a show, but I haven't. I have to, I have to make much yeah, more effort. Yeah, <laughs> no, I will, I will, I will. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Just coming, coming back to men's mental health, um, just being able to see all of our male artists just being able to talk about it has been a win for us because, like I said, like you mentioned, you know, men's mental health isn't something that's very talked about in, in Papua New Guinea. Um, and not just in Papua New Guinea, in other parts of the world as well. Yeah. Um, and so... It's like a movement now, you know, people yeah. are like... <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we just, we just realized that um, the first step to healing is just talking about it. And journaling is a great idea as well. I, I, I'm a writer as well, so I... I I just write stuff down, um, and my first piece that I, I gave to my word masters, I call them word masters, which are the writers to, um, to perform, was my first piece ever, and that was after the death of my little sister, and I went through like a little, um, yeah, mental state, if that's, what it, that's what I want to call it, um, but just being able to talk about it and um, allowing people to listen and... Um, that's just been a win for, for us as a movement. Yeah, what was I talking about? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> what, I, what I realized was that there is this, always this fear that you're alone and you're the only one going through it. But when I had the opportunity to, like a friend just offered, you know, to listen to what I was going on, I, I vented and I opened up. 
he kind of opened up and was like, hey, I've been there. And then yeah. I realized that the more I talked about it, there's actually people who are going through it, but they, they also feel the same isolation and they don't want to be vulnerable because we're taught to be strong like as men we're taught to be strong we're taught to hold especially like at a funeral like you when you're at the dead you have to be the strong one you know you have to keep the family together it's really really hard to you know to express your grief but then you have to be strong for your yeah. family and it's like it's healthy to start talking about and creating places for people to open up and be like no 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 like it's it's okay and it's it's good to know that there are other people who are going through it as well it really, it makes, I think it makes the process a bit easier to, yeah. to get through. Yeah, I think mm. that's, that's how we've been able to bring in a lot of young people. They've been able to resonate with a lot of the young people's pieces that, um, that, we, that have been presented or performed on stage. Um, you know, we'd, we'd get messages like, oh, um, I read this piece, I resonate so with it, how can I be part of the movement? So just being able to see other people, you know, going through something that you're currently going through, I think um, that that that's one of the that's one of the um, what, how should I say this? That's how other people are being able to gravitate towards the movement. Yeah. So do uh, like your artists and your creatives? Do they draw from their own personal experiences? Yes, they do. Oh, okay. So they, a lot of it's it just is, not like you're throwing a topic. Yeah, at it's all. very it's very personal for them. So they yeah. um you'll realize that like they'll do two or three pieces but it's on one topic because they, they've just got different ways to... They, they, they're quite... They're just translating the same message through different pieces. So like when you... When you actually... Like, and like, like we were saying earlier, I, I don't come from that background. So I'm, I'm having a look at what they're doing. And I think someone that's really taught me a lot about that, just working with him, is uh, Andrew... Because he's some of the pieces that he he I mean the the plays and the dramas that he's come up with, you look at how he structures Put the whole together, thing and how yeah. and it's like working backstage. Especially, I think honestly, I think you get a an a, an, a, an advantage because you're watching it from the back and you're also understanding why it lo- why it's supposed to look that way on stage. And when, like, having conversations with him about, you know, why this piece is there, why this piece... And when you listen to the amount of thinking that goes into the piece, you really appreciate, and you actually... It, it's quite... Um, it, it's daunting to, un- like, see the, the, uh, like the emotion, just the raw emotion that the creatives put in their pieces. Like, and then, you know, Andrew, he addresses stuff like, you know, gender-based violence, the big topics. And when you see, you know, the level of breaking down that he has to do, and, you know, a great thing about, you know, I, Nelson and I were part of the show, He's Victor, that he did earlier this year. We, had, we went through, like, education on, you know, the different topics that he was going to have Which us. Yeah the topics that he was going to address in the show. And for us, that, well, for me, that just made it so much more, um, like, clear as to what we're trying to do. And that, that's, um, like, the, for, for me, that's the activism. That, that's the sort of thing that we're trying to, the level we're trying to get to where we can break down, you know, the, all those different layers of why it's like that. Like, if you, when you look at, like, 
so you know the the different props even the props on stage that yeah. you're moving on and you're moving off you don't see like you don't understand when you're watching it why it's there and why it wasn't there in that scene you know and yeah, for for me I, I personally think being backstage like that's where you that's where you just digest that's where the yeah, magic comes because you you're looking at when you know like a couple of times a lot of the artists or the the actors have run off and you know they they're in this stage where they're so um their emotions are so high and you can tell that it's affecting them but they got to run back on when the lights come back on like they, they got to go back so just seeing that has just made it so much easier to appreciate the amount of work but that's why i just say like you got to go there to understand it you cannot yeah. sit back and cuz the industry is like you know i'm not going to say it's young it's a very art in png has been here for thousands of years mm. and then it's just the you know moving with the times sort of thing so when you actually go there and you understand where it's come from to where it is now and the the good thing about it i think for you guys as creatives is it's still relatively it's not a young industry but it's still gaining traction slowly so you guys are in the box seat as to how you know 20 years from now how it's going to be viewed and like we were talking about earlier the culture behind the industry and for you guys you know it's like it's um, it's we're still we still haven't got to defining fully what the artistic industry is here mm-hmm. so like you're so lucky to have these different and you're you're blessed to be in an age where we've got cameras and mics and you know all this sort Technology, of equipment yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it. it's made it so much more easier for you to translate your piece and then it will slowly define the culture of the industry as you go on yeah i think as a performer i think it's very important to draw from you know your own experiences because that's when you're able to really connect with the audience um and even though our word masters and our palette navigators our painters and our writers you know they're they're the only two groups i think that that really just you know speak from their own experience and express um their art through their own personal experiences whenever i speak to the 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 singers or the dancers i tell them to just try to draw from their own personal experiences and we do we do this we we have like a show circle before every show where i tell everyone to close their eyes and i say you know think about all the all the all the women that have lost their lives um through this thing that's what he calls hostery accusation related violence think about think about all the all the all the young people that have taken their own lives because they were not able to talk about their emotions and just being able to let them tap into that space before getting on stage and performing is very important because they know why they're performing mm-hmm. they know why they're presenting these different pieces and that's that's how they can be able to um really connect with the audience and yeah i think that's very powerful yeah i'm i'm just i'm just trying to digest everything <laughs> It's just good to be I mean for me uh you just talk about like suicide and like people like young people whenever i hear like a young person has taken their own life i think of all the potential that's just lost and like you have your whole life ahead of you and then for you to be in a place where you can't talk or you feel like it's wrong for you to be a burden on someone else or you feel like you don't no one will understand what you're going through and then you feel so alone that you just have to your only solution 
one of my one, I um, the there was this quote or this post that I heard about people who take their own lives. It's not that they want their lives to end. It they want that version of that life to end to be over. Mm. They want to live. Mm. They just don't want to keep living that way. And they think that the easiest way is just to end it. And that's why, for me, like going into self-improvement has opened a lot to see that I'm always in control of what I'm in control of and then trying to adjust. And it's good to know that not only... like This is not a surface-level like surface activism where it's all for show, that you're bringing artists and creatives who have lived through this experience. But I was on TikTok the other day, man. TikTok is becoming my favorite app now. <laughs> From being anti-TikTok to being like... And I don't know, have you guys heard the Golden Boy, the Korean show about oh, that little man. boy? I haven't watched that, that was, one, but I've heard, I've you've heard a lot about it. it. I yeah, was gutted. Like, I was gutted. It yeah. just made me realize that kids notice Shouts everything. Emoji. Very important. And this poor boy was being interviewed and he was like, what do you think about your dad? And he's like, oh, and he's like four or five. He's a kid. He was like cute glasses, little kid, man. And, and then he just like, he told him, he was like, oh, like my dad is mean when he's angry. And then what do you want your dad to do? Oh, I just want him to talk kindly to me. That's all he wanted. Mm. Like, I just want him to say my name like softly. Mm. And it's like, what do you think about your mom? And he was like, oh, I think my mom doesn't like me. I was like, why? Because she doesn't want to play with me. And, then, and they just asked him, so what do you want? I just want my mom to play with me. And then he cried, and he cried oh, on screen. Oh. And then the camera was still rolling, and he just like, he didn't full on like cry like a child. He's <clears throat> like control. He was like really in control. The he maturity in this case. Yeah, like he, the, a tear rolled down, and he paused it, and he was like, just wait, wait a, a minute. minute. And oh. then he continued. Made like, I watched that, yeah. and I was like, wow, like, like, and that's just in Korea, but like, just imagine everywhere else, and yeah. especially in our country. Like, <laughs> you know, and like, I look back at like how we grew up and how normal kids, and like, a lot of these things is normalized, and now yeah. you're introducing ideas that, honestly, it's gonna. Be, I think it's gonna be very hard at first mm -hmm. because you know, dismantling those mindsets and those beliefs, challenging them. It's oh, gonna be, you know, it's, it's yeah. gonna be, it's yeah. gonna be an uphill battle, but it's necessary. I think yeah, yeah. it's necessary. Like I've been, I was on YouTube and I was, I've been watching. Um, there's this lady named Christine O'Donnell, and she owns a a gallery in Boston. It's called the Beacon Gallery. So I I reached out to her, and we've been talking about like art, art activis activism, activism. So the activism side of things and. You know, like she was speaking about the history of it and how the the artists use that, and then like like you guys are saying, like it's understanding the issues, and that it it will be very new and essentially activism or art activism in around the world, it's to challenge the status quo. Mm -hmm. So it it's it's in a sense meant to make people say, oh no, like so you you sort of expose that. This is the attitude. Mm -hmm. So, like with like uh, with a lot of the um, issues we've brought up, and you know, you look at the negative comments. That that's essentially disrupting it, yeah, complacency. It's, it's hard. It's hard to take a, a lot of that criticism, but that is what when you remind yourself that that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, it's necessary. Yeah, it's, that, it's that, absolutely yeah. necessary. It's the it's the grunt work yeah. before everything, and 
I, 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 that's what I want to normalize on this podcast, mm. mate. The struggle is normal. The, the hard times, mm-hmm. the criticism in the early days, man, that's absolutely yeah. normal. Because in my experience, like as I've been navigating my own career path in this as a freelancer, and like as, um, is that I used to think I was alone. When I failed, I thought I was doing something wrong. When I struggled, I thought I was mm. it. But I learned just by reading other successful people, it's like everybody has had that moment. Mm. Everybody great has had a moment where everybody doubted them and they were against them, but they pushed it. They pushed through and they persevered because they believed that what they were doing was something, was the right thing to do. And it's, it's always, I, I don't know who says it. It was like, if you, th- there was a really good quote that says, if you don't want to be criticized, if you don't want anybody to talk about you, don't want anybody to say something negative, uh, negative about you then do nothing mm, yeah. and you know that's that's always a challenge and I think in the early like the first year of me becoming and my people were getting to know my art I met this lady and she kind of t- introduced me talked to me about art history and she's like oh artists have always been at the forefront of history they've yeah. always been the ones yeah. who have recorded history and so it's it's not really something new that you guys are doing. It's something that's yep, always exactly. been happening. It's just kind of like you just fitting in and yeah. finding your place yeah. in society and it's recording. Yeah. yeah, and in recording your version. I'm trying to break into that. Um, yeah. Like that, yeah. So, like, with, with I've been writing this paper about, you know, like the toolbox of an artist. And it's, it's so funny for me because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not a creative. <laughs> so, you know, my goal is to talk with creatives, which is essentially it's all going to be you know, the opinions and the, the words of artists, and it's just me trying to put it all together. But yeah, the one, like, we, we were just talking about, like, the criticism, that, that's, and the role that art has played. Like, there's a quote by Picasso, I, I don't know the full quote, but he says, you know, your paintbrush isn't a paintbrush, it's a weapon. Mm-hmm. So that's, they, that is their mindset when they're going into create a piece. They're not going to create it all for show. They're going to stress a point. They're going to bring a message. And that, that's, that's essentially what we're trying to build. Like we were talking about that culture where mm. your art is your weapon. Yeah. So, and you know, there's this, you know, in the University of Cape Town, I'm reading papers there as well. Kito Seti, he's, a, he's, he's someone that's done papers on it. He says that, Oh, in his opinion, he says that all artists should be activists by nature mm-hmm. because that's the power you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting to see like, all these different... And how, how serious art is taken around the world when addressing issues. Mm-hmm. Like you have... You know, when we did history in school, a lot of, under, like, a lot of the ways we would understand the... Um, you know, the dynamics between different countries was by looking at the comic or the, the newspaper, you know, the drawings in the newspaper. The, the strips, yeah. yeah. And the different, and that was how we, you know, at, at school learnt, okay, so this country had, you know, there's different, you know, the conflicts and all that. It was all translated through drawing and captions. So that, that's how powerful, you know, art can be if you channel it right. And for us, that's, we're just trying to get that activism part right. Like there's, there's no doubt there's so many artistic people in, in PNG. Like there's heaps from, you know, from before our ancestors up now, you know, it's just art, it's storytelling. And then for us, it's just channeling into that activism space and seeing how we can, you know, we're, it's still very new. So we're, we're finding our feet. And there's a lot of things we'll have to work on. You know, we're, we're not a complete product by any stretch. And, like all that stuff comes into play, managing emotions, 
all these sort of things. And I think for us, we just have to talk with our artists here yeah, about how they do it. So yeah, that's that's one of the projects I've been working on. Yeah. It's it's just exciting. It's exciting <laughs> to hear all this, especially on the note that um, you said that you know art's been here forever. Like yeah. once I've learned about branding, I just completely understood that Papua New Guineans would be so good at branding mm, because we've mm. created so many different cultures exactly. and like we've designed tattoos that are symbolic yeah. and identi- uh, it talks like specific to a uh, spe- uh, particular uh, tribe and then face paints and all of this. Our ancestors designed all of that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mate, it's, it's not foreign to us. It's yep. just us just tapping into that yeah. and then using the tools that are available just to amplify it. And oh man, it's, I think it's very exciting what you guys are doing. And just for you, for me to like interview you guys early days, that's kind of the exciting <laughs> thing. It's like I get to interview guys like early days and then when you guys, you know, make it big, I can be like, yeah, you see, like <laughs> this is evidence of growth. But anyway, I mean, we can go on and on, but I think we have to, to wind down. But where can, like, how can people get in touch with you or how can people be in, involved? Is art activism open to everybody? Yeah, um, it, is, it is open to everybody. Um, at this point, at this stage, um, you can reach out to us through our Instagram page, Art Activism PNG. That's our handle um, on Instagram. You can even reach out to us on TikTok. We have a TikTok account, so Art Activism PNG. Or our email address, yep. artactivismpng at gmail.com. Um, you can, you know, just send us a message. Tell us that you're interested. You want to be part of the movement. Um, you don't have to be a creative to be part of the movement. You just have to be, you just have to have that passion for change. And that's basically what everyone in our team, like we're, we, we build a sense of community with our, with our team. And we already have like a, a, a what do you call it, a huge membership base of 100 just just over the last year and six months. So, And we're still growing. Yeah, I um, think after this podcast, <laughs> expect like some exponential numbers. Yeah. So yeah, you don't, you don't, like I said, you don't have to be a creative to be part of them. You just have to have the passion for change. Yeah, yeah no, it's, as Nelson said, it's just, just about the... Um, and also, if you're interested in... You know, like like I was saying earlier, you you gotta get into it so you can really gain an appreciation. And if you've always, you know, had a look and wondering what what it's all about and all that, you just you know shoot us a message. And, you know, we're we're more than happy to have different because that's for activism. There's no, no there's not one way to do it. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways. Like in art as well, mm-hmm. there's not one art form. Mm-hmm. There's many. So for us, we're we're welcome. F- I mean, we're open to everyone wants to come on and even just learn about it it yep. doesn't have to be you know participating just to learn about something new yeah what can we expect from art activism like moving into next year and onwards um well right now my team and i were just still focusing on trying to build that foundation yep. um but expect uh, expect shows we'll be doing a lot more of our art activism night projects um, but at this at this stage, myself, Tane, and the other co-founders were just trying to really just mm. set a like just build a, a strong foundation um, before establishing it into a foundation. Maybe yeah. any final words or words of encouragement to everybody out there, every other activist out there. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, no. Okay, for well, Nelson, you can talk. 
for people in the industry. I'm <laughs> going to talk for people outside. If you're not part of the industry and you think it's for a certain group, you're, you're 100% wrong. It's for everyone. And the, the lessons you learn, the people you meet, it's really important for your networking and just for you to understand that there are people with different interests from you and it's okay and it's good to appreciate people's you know views and their standpoints in on different issues on um you know they like i keep saying interests but it's great because when you understand that your interests aren't necessarily the only ones that are there and there are different people with totally different mindsets that's when you grow your ability to think critically and for me that's what art has done and i think you know for everyone that's you know, looking for something new and something that you haven't tapped into, the art space is, the creative industry is honestly the best possible place to start. Yeah. And I just, I just want to say, like, um, just a message to just anyone who's listening to this right now, to all the Papua New Guineans out there, um, you're very privileged to, to be from Papua New Guinea, a very, uh, like, a country that's rich with, you know, the, uh, you know all this cultural heritage. Um, I lost my trail of thought. <laughs> be proud. Be, be proud. proud. <laughs> you, come you, you come from a democratic nation. That is a privilege. So find that agency and just go out there and do something. Do something. If, you, if, you want, if you want to do something, the first step is to just talk about it. And that's what Chan's doing with this podcast. And he's allowing all his different creatives to talk about it. So... First step to real change is a conversation and see where it goes from there. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, you know, I mean, this has been a very rich, enriching conversation. I'm, I'm just privileged just to know that you guys are doing that kind of work and like all the support you guys, I, I mean, it's just, I cannot express how excited I am for what you guys are going to pull off in the future, but it's always good to know that, yeah, change starts with you and you're an activist act. And there's always Ooh. something you can do, you know, always something that you can do. So every, there is nothing that is within, outside of your control. You can always control your words. You can always control your thoughts. And then, of course, you can always control your actions. And yes, we're going to start another session. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nelson and Tainé, for being with me. On, sorry. I'm going to edit this out. Thank you so much, Nelson and Tane, for being for making the time to be on the show today. And um, yeah, thank you to you who have been listening to so far, so far or watching. Thank you to all those who are watching on YouTube or on the different podcast um, platforms, on Spotify, on Apple, CastBox, and Google. Thank you for those who have subscribed and liked and commented. And for everybody who's been just supporting this podcast. And I hope that you enjoyed and you've taken a look at what you know, some of the creatives and non-creatives and the impact that they're having on this industry. And I hope that it's inspired you to do something and anything, any small thing can lead to something big. They started with an idea, just a conversation turned into an idea. This podcast was an idea in my head and it's manifested. And who knows what you can do if you just you know, maybe started talking about it, started gathering some of your friends, and you never know the greater impact you could have from that small, tiny idea that you have. Okay, I'm going on and on and on. <laughs> Thank you so much for everybody, and please keep supporting the channel, keep supporting the podcast, and um, yeah, keep watching, like and subscribe, and all the YouTube stuff, and yeah, to all my fellow creatives, 
Embrace your weird, dream big, and always remember that all things are possible to those who believe. I'm Shock 23, Hapalua. Hapalua.